Hello, welcome to the audio version of The Coffee Yokel. Please enjoy the story and feel free to like, share or leave a comment at the end. The leaves rustled in the slight breeze. The canopy was a mosaic of brown and faded green. Occasionally, a crow cawed, a black body all alone crying to no one in particular. Sparrows would fly nimbly between the trees. They would always be in groups, playing in the air then playing on the ground. Whilst the sparrows grazed on the ground, a crow with a large scratch on its beak would swoop down to join in. But by the time the crow reached the ground, the sparrows were gone. The crow let out a cry and scratched at the dirt. This was his land. Another crow joined in, but instead of rubbing the ground, it tensed up, ready to attack the other crow. They both stood in the clearing, staring at each other for a moment before both crows launched into each other, colliding midair, trying to claw at the other's eyes. They landed on the ground again, but immediately launched another attack on each other. This time, the crow with the scratch thrust its beak forward, sliding past the other crow's outstretched claws and penetrating the soft breast beneath. They fell both. They both fell to the ground again, except one of the crows did not move this time. Blood slowly seeped through the dead crow's feathers. The crow with the scar flew to a nearby lake to drink and wash the blood off its beak. The crow tensed up as the ground vibrated softly. A man had appeared through the trees. The crows took flight over the lake, knowing it would not win this fight. The man let out a sigh. He briefly stopped walking to take in his surroundings. He was standing on a mixture of dirt and bark and leaves and sticks. All were dead shades of brown. He had stood here many times before over the years. He was in a slight clearing. In front of him, the bush became thicker, so he couldn't see past the first few gum trees. It sounded like some birds were fighting behind the trees. He hooked his thumbs under the shoulder straps of his pack, then walked towards the birds passing through the thick bush in front of him. He knew once he walked past the trees, he'd come to the shore of a relatively small lake. It was a very tranquil place to sit and be at peace for a while. The walk would not take long, maybe 10 minutes at most. The man entered the trees. He thought whether or not the world had changed much in his absence or whether it had forgotten about him yet. In the years he had spent out in the bush, he had found he needed very little to survive. All it took was water, a few different fruits or vegetables, the odd overly curious kangaroo, and of course, coffee. He had managed to grow his own beans, which he harvested and processed himself. He thought he brewed the most excellent coffee in the world, and now and then someone would come through and stumble upon him, try some coffee, and agree with him. Of course, they were always sceptical that he grew the coffee himself, but he made sure they understood before leaving. As the man emerged through the tree, he saw a crow fly off over the lake. He continued walking to the point that the crow had flown from. Now standing on the shore of the lake, the man paused for a moment before sitting on a nearby sandstone. It was smooth and comfortable to sit on. He looked out over the murky brown water for a few seconds before standing back up and setting to work on the fire. He piled kindling together and kicked away a patch of dirt and sticks. He found some dried leaves and grass placed them in the centre of the clearing and laid some kindling on top. 
he brought out his flint and knife. Damn, the man muttered to himself. He had not cleaned it after his last kill, and and blood had dried to the silver, blade-like black glue. He quickly washed it in the lake to make the blade shine silver again. Satisfied, he sat back down to the pile of sticks, grabbed his flint and scraped the two pieces of metal together. Sparks flew off in the dry grass and leaves, which obediently began burning. The semi-transparent flame gave everything behind it a yellow and orange tinge. The man built the fire larger and larger until it was burning confidently. The man stood, staring out of the lake, smiling to himself, knowing what he was about to do. The man turned to his bag and retrieved a pot. He filled it with water from the lake, which he then put on the fire to boil. The man again reached further into his pack and brought out some of his freshly roasted beans and a silver hand grinder. The smell of light brown beans was heaven. The man noticed a single crack that snaked down the centre of the beans before taking three of them and popping them into his mouth. He crunched them with his teeth, savouring the intense flavour of a fresh bean. He then began grinding the beans, the noise taking over from the crackle of the fire. He noticed saliva building up in anticipation of what was to come. On cue, the water reached boiling point. As the man finished grinding the beans into what he calls the perfect size, he took the water off the fire to let it cool for a moment. If the water is too hot when it is poured over the coffee grind, it will burn, be too cool, and it will lack flavour. The man now moved off the rock and sat cross-legged beside it. He pulled an odd-looking glass jar out of his pack. It was the shape of a beaker. However, it was a sizable, funny-like addition to the top of it. The man placed a cone-shaped metal filter inside. He slowly poured the coffee grind inside the metal cone, taking the extra care to not spill any. Every speck of those 117 beans had to be in that cone. The man finished the pour and placed the grinder down beside the beaker. By now, the water had cooled enough. He knew it had been, been resting for 42 seconds. This was the correct amount of time. He picked up the kettle and began the initial pour. He moved very slowly and deliberately, his face a mixture of focus and desire. As he finished the initial pour, his mouth watering even more as he smelt the exotic smell of well-prepared bean. He watched the steam emanating from the grind. A small amount of water had got through the grind and dripped into the beaker. The man was counting the entire time. 43 seconds. Time to begin the second pour. Lifting the pot of water back to the container, The man slowly poured more water over the coffee in a circular manner. He could no longer hear the rustling of the trees as the pour had taken over his world. He knew that too much water would result in a diluted coffee and too little water would result in the coffee being too strong. The man kept his hand steady to ensure that the flow rate from the kettle remained constant as he checked the flow rate of water leaving the bottom of the metal filter. It was not too slow or too fast. Too fast suggested under extraction, too slow suggested over extraction. All in all, this process should have taken three minutes and 11 seconds. It was flowing too fast. The man's eyes went wide with frustration and disgust. He had ruined his coffee. He stopped the pour prematurely as he didn't want to waste any more water. He knew the coffee would never amount to anything, so he decided to throw it away. Such a waste of time. The man ruled with thought in disgust. The miracle of coffee ruined. After throwing the wet coffee grind out, he began the process again, the same, 
However, this time he ground the beans up a little finer. Even though he was disappointed with his last attempt, the usual feelings of passion, love and excitement welled up inside him. By now, the water had boiled and the slightly finer grinds coffee was sitting inside the metal cone filter. Grinding the coffee slightly finer should slow the rate at which the water flows through the coffee. As soon as the man began the pour, he knew he had got it right. A smile spread across his face and his mouth started watering again. He, removed in, he remained in a trance-like state watching the water pour over the coffee and pour into the beaker. It took him precisely three minutes and 12 seconds this time. Perfect. He stopped the pour and placed the kettle back down next to the fire. As he did this, he began noticing the world around him again. He noticed that the leaves were rustling again. However, there was no breeze. That's when he heard the footsteps. He looked up the slight hill towards the bush but could not see anything. As the footsteps grew louder and heavier, the man reached into his bag and grabbed his knife, just in case. Then he turned back to his coffee, relaxed but alert. Uh, yeah, sure, why not? The newcomer's eyes narrowed slightly as he slowly walked closer to the man. My name's Adam, by the way. The man nodded and glanced at Adam, taking in his short brown hair, fair skin and clean clothes. It looks like he's just come from the city. So, have you been out here long? The man nodded as he poured two cups of coffee, the brown liquid filling the glass cups. Enjoy. The man handed Adam a cup and took a sip of his own. If you could see under the man's bushy beard, you'd see a delighted smile. This coffee, Adam paused, staring at his cup. It's incredible. He stared perplexed at the man. How? Coffee is a miracle of this world. I treat it like I would my children, so I make sure everything is perfect for producing the best cup. But how? I mean, I've never tasted anything like this. That's because as far as I know, I'm the only one in the world that knows how to properly grow coffee. You see, everyone thinks it's something to do with altitude or climate or whatever, but really, it's all to do with what you feed the plant. Like fertilizers, like seesaw or chicken shit, you know, my parents always put chicken shit in their veggie patch. No, 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 no. The man shook his head as he frowned toward the ground. All that stuff lacks protein. Of course, plants need protein similar to us, but it must be fresh and it must be flesh. You said fresh twice. Adam thought he had misheard the man, but the words were pronounced clearly. No, flesh, Adam, human flesh. The man looked up from the ground and stared at Adam with indifference. Adam suddenly felt ill. His face felt hot, yet he was sure it had turned a sickly white, and his eyes went as wide as the full moon. I, I bet, Adam stuttered. But before he could finish his sentence, the man had pounced on him, knocking Adam out onto his back and sitting on his chest. The man pulled out his knife and plunged it deep into Adam's neck. Instantly, a thick, dark red liquid spurt out of Adam's neck pouring all over Adam and the man's hands. Adam tried to scream but could only imagine a gargle as his chest thumped trying to breathe air, but only in blood, flooding the lungs. Finally, after some time, Adam stopped moving. His face, now pale white but relaxed, the man stood up and went over to the lake. He would not make the same mistake twice and cleaned his knife before the blood had dried. He then packed his things into his bag 
Once loaded, he shouldered his bag and turned to Adam. Then grasping his feet, he began dragging him back to the coffee trees. Another batch of the best coffee in the world coming up.